Living with Diabetes, a podcast from Diabetes Victoria with Jack Fitzpatrick. Hello, one and all. Thanks for tuning in to the official Diabetes Victoria podcast called Living Well with Diabetes. It's a great forum for those of us impacted by diabetes, whether it be directly or indirectly, to discuss ideas, share some stories and build our diabetes community. I'm Jack Fitzpatrick, ex-Melbourne and Hawthorne AFL player and current Diabetes Victoria ambassador. Before we begin, I would like to acknowledge the traditional custodians of the land on which we are meeting today, the Wurundjeri people of the Kulin Nation, and indeed to the traditional owners of the lands on which you may be tuning in from. I would also like to pay my respects to the elders past, present and emerging, and to other Aboriginal people present today. On this episode of the podcast, in the lead up to the festive season, I have a guest who understands more about food choices than I could ever learn. This guest is an accredited practicing dietitian at Diabetes Victoria with over seven years experience working specifically in the area of type 1 and type 2 diabetes. His role as a dietitian is quite diverse. He runs a variety of programs within Diabetes Victoria. He's presented a large number of events, including Diabetes Expo, Living Well events, and Eat Well event in Melbourne, and a number of health professional conferences. Further to this, he's also an accredited sports dietitian and for the past two seasons has worked for the Footscray Bulldogs in the Victorian Football League. Without any further ado, hello to Tim McMaster. Hi, Jack. How are you? Very well, thank you. It's quite a build-up for you there. Oh, cheers, mate. <laughs> it's, uh, no, you've got quite a lot going on, which is always nice. Yeah, yeah. It's quite a busy role, I think. It's one of those things that I underestimated before I became a dietitian, but it's actually quite a diverse role that we can have, um, which I think is fantastic because you don't get bored. 100%, which is half the spice of life. Now, we'll sort of touch on it a bit later, but obviously, you know, being a dietitian, there's many facts to it or facets to it. You know, you've got the sports side of things and then the health side of things in terms of the diabetes. But I suppose we'll get straight into it because there's a lot to cover. It's not a simple topic, uh, food choices. So in the lead up to the festive season, what impact can this time of year have um, on people, I suppose, um, short term and long term, and not only people living with diabetes, but just you know, your everyday person. Yeah, for sure, Jack. Um, well, this time of year, I guess, can get stressful for some people. Um, it's one of those things, I think, where everyone's a bit different. So some people might just have that one or two main events sort of leading up to the big day, I guess, over the over the festive period, whereas other people probably a bit like yourself. Uh, the festive season probably starts about mid-November and you've got something happening, you know, every weekend plus during the week. So it can add up a lot. Uh, so I guess you've got to take that into account as to what your social life is like and what your family life's like and what you've got going on. Um, because if, if it is only just that one big day and, and most people celebrate Christmas, but other people celebrate other, other sort of religious events, um, then it is only one day and you can sort of enjoy yourself and have fun with family and friends. So I think that's a big key message that we get a lot of people saying, I'm, I'm stressed about Christmas. I don't know what to do. And I'm like, it's just one day. Enjoy yourself. It's not going to have that big of an impact on your health in the long term. However, if you do have uh, lots of events coming on, whether it's staff, functions, family events, um, all sorts of things going on, then you might need to be a little bit more selective, I guess, in what you sort of tend to let your hair down on um, because a lot of those foods and drink choices that we tend to make over this time of year can be high in calories or kilojoules, which can affect to our weight gain, I guess, in the long term. Um, but can also have an impact on your blood glucose levels or your blood sugar levels depending on, um, you know, 
what you need to do with your diabetes and what type of foods you eat. So it's all about, a, I guess, you know, it's that dietitian term that we use, everything in moderation. Um, so being a bit mindful, I guess, around what you tend to eat. And the point that you brought up, I think is a key one that, you know, most people have the big day and, and whether it be Christmas or other religious holidays or, or festivities, but it's not just that one day for a lot of people. Yeah. So for myself living with type one diabetes, I can go to Christmas day and I look at it and go, look, my sugars are probably going to be a bit ordinary today. I'll eat a lot of junk food. I might have a bit, you know, some alcohol or whatever it mm. might be. But it is that six weeks leading up to it where, again, whether you've got diabetes or you are you know, an everyday person walking on the street where things like weight gain, et cetera, can come up because every event that you go to, you have got all these good foods. You're probably drinking more than you usually would. So it probably is that balancing act that you, you just touched on. Yeah, it's about, I guess, what your expectations are for your health over this sort of period. Um, and for people with type 1 diabetes um, who are injecting insulin for the amount of carbohydrate they eat, um, I would just be encouraging them to sort of brush up a bit, I guess, on their carb counting skills for that time of year. And then that way you can you can have whatever you want to have as long as you're matching that insulin with – matching that carbohydrate with the amount of insulin you're having. Um, for those people with type 2 diabetes, um, same thing. If they're on insulin, then they might need to have a chat to their uh, medical team about what that what adjustments they might need to make. Um, but then it can it come can come down to food choices. And if you find that you are probably overeating a bit or over drinking at this time of year, um, looking at some other alternatives like throwing in a little bit of extra exercise or physical activity, taking the family for a walk um, after you've eaten a meal is another good one. Um, the weather's fantastic at the moment, and it's only going to get better. So it's a great time of year to get involved with with some of that. Now that's sort of your your general, more um, I suppose broad type type of topics. We'll get mm. into the hints and tips around a few more specific things if, yep. if you don't mind. Again, getting straight into it. So, so things like main meals. Um, what what would you suggest around this? And obviously, this is very difficult because um, we're talking to a wide variety, wider range of people. We've got people with whether it be type one, type two, gestational, um, and all their situations are different. So, yeah. this is obviously. Whilst it's general advice, it's obviously not specific and it's something you should always be doing with your diabetes care team. But as a general rule with main meals, what would you sort of to say um, about you know this time of year? Yeah, well, main meals, I guess, is probably uh, one of the areas that a lot of people like to talk about or find out some information around what they should be eating. Um, there was a webinar done last year by one of my fellow colleagues, Ivan, um, and, and he did a live poll during that webinar. It was around festive eating. And over 55% of people on that poll wanted to know about main meals. So he had choices of entree, main meals, desserts, all of that. Um, and main meals was the big one. Um, we as dietitians, and this isn't a, a sexy message, I guess, but always go for the vegetables first. Um, it's And this is a sort of- You are right. That's not a sexy message at all. <laughs> I know. It doesn't, you don't make any more friends with it, but it is the best way, I guess, for your health. So um, we encourage, and this is not for only, not only for people with diabetes, but as a general guideline for everyone, um, try and get half of your plate to be non-starchy vegetables. I guess at this time of year, um, they can come in many different forms, whether it's from various different types of salads that you can have and throwing extra herbs and spices into those salads as well with a bit of olive oil can, um, or extra virgin olive oil can make them taste even more better. Um, roast vegetables, um, veggie sticks with dips and things like that as, as sort of snack foods, then you can, you've got like heaps of different ways you can go about it. So starting off with the vegetable section first, putting them onto your plate and then that will limit your um, space, I guess, you've got for some of the other foods. So then you can leave the meats or the protein section 
try and keep that to around a quarter of the plate. That's your meat, your fish, your chicken. This time of year, seafood is really, really popular. So you can have that into that quarter of the plate. Um, and then I guess the final element of the plate or the final th- quarter of the plate would be your carbohydrate serve. Um, that's the type, That's the main area on your plate that's going to have the biggest impact on your blood glucose levels. That's your potatoes, your sweet potatoes, your rice, your pasta, your noodles. Um, so trying to keep that bit of a balance um, is a great way for not only helping maintain your weight for the long term because the non-starchy vegetables, hardly any calories, going uh, to fill you up with lots of dietary fiber, lots of nutrients, um, aren't going to affect your blood glucose levels, but can also then allow you to eat uh, pretty much everything that's available as well. So so someone like like myself, who I, I would look at it, and again, talking from a, someone who's living with type 1 diabetes in that perspective, I'll look at it and go, well, I can eat as much meat as I want because it's not going to have a massive impact on my blood sugar levels. <laughs> so I can load up my plate with all the meat, the good yep. stuff. Yep bit of gravy on the side, then sort of fit the vegetables around it and then yep. maybe some potatoes or whatever it is is my carbohydrate. What do you say to that in terms of your more your general health type messaging if, you, if you're eating too much meat or protein and not enough of the other stuff? Yeah. So, I mean, look, I'm the same as you. I love the meat. can't, you know, as the hardest message I think is to, to try and get us, you know, to decrease the portion size of our meat. Um, but I think it's that balance effect. So meat does provide protein um, and a few other nutrients that are great for you, but it kind of limits it to that amount. Um, good thing about meat is it does fill you up a bit more, but you want to get some more vegetables in because you're getting a more wide variety of nutrients that are great for your health. A lot of those micronutrients, um, vitamins, minerals, antioxidants, um, all the good stuff for you. And it's also great for your digestive health as well, whereas the protein element won't help you with that so much, but the vegetable aspect will. So yeah, I mean, it's everyone's an individual and finding out what works best for you, I guess, is a big element too. And absolutely, that, that's certainly the, the number one message that whenever I do talks for diabetes and, and you talk to anyone who is part of Diabetes Victoria or just you know, in the diabetes community in general, it's always about what works for you and, and what you've got in place with your care management team. Yeah, for sure. um, but moving on from the main meals and, and to the fun part of the day, mm. the desserts. Now, if I had my way, we'd skip the mains and just go straight <laughs> to the desserts. Probably not beneficial from your point of view. Uh, look, everyone's an individual, of course. So I guess it depends on what works best for you. But um, look, it's one of those things that they are a treat. And, and that's, I guess, in today's society, they probably have lost that edge of being a treat. They sort of become more of a regular in people's lifestyle. So um, that's the sort of thing where if we're looking at Christmas Day or the main day as being a treat, day, then by all means, enjoy it. Um, Just be a bit mindful that, yeah, your blood glucose levels for that day might be a bit more out of your target range than what you would probably like them to be. Um, But there are other strategies you can have. We talked briefly on exercise and we'll probably talk about that a bit later on, Um, you know, adjusting your medication if you need to or your insulin. Um, But when it comes to healthier options, I guess, with the desserts, trying to choose fruit-based or dairy-based desserts as much as possible is a great way to go. Alternatively, if you are like myself and you really love that pavlova or whatever the, you know, it could be the Christmas pudding or whatever the, the, the main thing is in your family or your, you know, your group, um, you could still have a small portion of it and enjoy it. I think portion size is the biggest, biggest thing. Um, it's one of the elements in today's society that we just eat too much. 
of everything, whether it's some of the healthier foods and some of the not so healthier foods. But I think portion size is the key. So having a small amount and enjoying it, and I guess trying to resist that temptation to go back for seconds or thirds and, is a good idea. And that's again where you sort of use the word balance, because if, you, if you're talking about the one day, whether it be Christmas day or whatever other um, relative day you have with your family and friends, then it probably doesn't matter as much. But if you've got an event every weekend from mid-November till Christmas, all of a sudden then you're having your pavlovas and your extra desserts and whatever it might be. That's when it rather than becomes a treat, the word that you use, mm. um, it's becoming something you're doing regularly and that's just not A, beneficial for your blood sugars, but B, to your general overall health. Yeah, it's going to add up over time. And I think that's the thing. A lot of people uh, come to us as dietitians or probably other health professionals, probably even to their doctor and say, look, I want to lose X amount of kilos between now and Christmas time as an example Um, and they seem to think that because of I guess a lot of the not so reality TV shows out there but other other you know online and Instagram and all that they're saying that you can lose weight quickly and see these fantastic results and it doesn't work that way so you've got to um, I often say to people the weight that you've put on how long did it take you to do that and people will say many many years and so you've got to expect that it's not going to come off that you know, as quickly, really quickly. So um, this time of year, yeah, it's it's going to add up. If you have every second day or every weekend, you've got something going on, an event where you're eating lots of food and, and great, you know, tasting food, it's going gonna, it's gonna to add up over a period of time. So um, I guess you've just got to have that expectation with what your health goals are around this period. Uh, and probably the similar type of message as desserts is probably around alcohol as well. Certainly a time of year, the weather's good. It's, you know, you have that one extra two beers or whatever it might be. Um, and I certainly know from when I was playing football perspective that undoubtedly the, the biggest thing in terms of putting on weight for myself was, was alcohol and excessive alcohol. Um, around, you know, the off season, you, even though you're exercising really hard, it was always the alcohol was the number one. Again, it's something that you just need to be keeping a balance of. Are there any other hints or tips you can give around that? Uh, you're exactly right, Jack. Alcohol, it's one of those ones that's awfully hard to look people in the eye and say that they can't have any more beers or, any, you know, any alcohol, especially this time of year because it is, you know, it's such a big thing. It's a big social element to uh, to what we do, um, whether it's family or friends or work colleagues or anything. Um, but, yeah, alcohol, unfortunately, all it does for us is basically lead to weight gain. So it has what we call empty kilojoules or empty calories. Uh, no other nutrients that the body needs that, are, that is you know, going to give you any benefit. So it just, just unfortunately leads to weight gain if you have too much of it. Also on the flip side, you drink too much alcohol, you end up getting you know, not only a hangover, but your food choices around that time of drinking and then the next day usually aren't fantastic either. So they can have that snowballing effect to what can happen to your health and your weight. Um, Tips around alcohol, look, um, be mindful. I mean, same thing again, that, that message of um, not over overdoing it, you know, having small amounts, being aware of how much you can probably drink and still be allowed to drive is probably a good key message. Um, we find that, uh, well, the alcohol guidelines are in Australia, no more than two standard alcohol drinks per, per day um, and, and no more than four alcohol drink or standard alcohol drinks at any one given time because anything around four or above equals binge drinking. Um, and that can have that effect on your health as well. So, I mean, I guess being mindful with your alcohol intake, um, 
being the designated driver every now and then doesn't hurt. It's great for your back pocket as well, but it's also great for your health. Um, and it's great for your friends and family too who might need an extra lift. Um, if you're going to an event, take your own alcohol with you. And if, you know, if you're going to limit yourself to, say, two or three drinks, then take two or three stubbies of beer or, or take a bottle of wine and, and share that with one or two other people um, is a great way to be mindful of, of how much you have. Um, I think at the end of the day, just be aware of the effect alcohol can have on you, your health. You're right. Being aware is the more we know about it, probably the less attractive it becomes to us. And on that physical activity component of it, so um, a lot of people will say, oh, okay, I'll, I'll have an extra a couple of beers or I'll have the extra dessert and maybe I'll just go for a run in the morning that I otherwise would not have gone. But there are also the people you, you sort of touched on about the, the weight loss who are trying to lose weight at this time of year. Is it maybe about managing your expectations around that as well? Yeah, for sure. I'd be saying for people that are focusing on wanting to lose weight over this time of year, I would probably readjust your expectations and try and make it around managing your weight, I guess, um, because it's this time of year where there's lots going on. Um, I, I did a, a talk at the Diabetes Expo earlier this year and, and earlier on in my slides, I used some snapshots from Google, um, oh, Google Trends, sorry, it's called, and you can uh, see how people search for different topics in Google over a period of time, over many years as well. Um, and I was looking spe- specifically into low-carbohydrate diets and seeing what the trends were for that in Australia. And you'd find that come the week of Christmas, no one's searching for low-carb diets and no one's searching for any dietary you know, um, restriction element, I guess, because they're all about having fun. And then you can see like a week or two later, there's a massive spike in search interest and it's the first week of January. Everyone's going for that new year, new me, wanting to make some big lifestyle changes to get that summer body going and everything. Um, so over that period, I'd say maintain your health, you know, incorporate a little bit more physical activity. Physical activity is probably one of the best things that you could do for yourself. I'm a dietitian, yes, and I'm a big, you know, advocate on the food that you eat, but exercise is probably the best medicine out there. Um, So as you said, Jack, maybe going for a run or a walk or doing something in the morning before any of these events happen over the course of the day, it's a great way to start the day, but it can actually sort of uh, counteract, I guess, some of the energy dense foods that you might eat a bit later on. Um, another, another one is say you have Christmas lunch with the family, then take the family out for a walk afterwards, you know, or play a game of cricket with the, with the kids. Um, this time of year is fantastic for that. So just be as, I guess, be mindful of that physical activity element. And once again, with physical activity, it's, it's so, um, I suppose, tailored to every individual. We don't want people who've done no form of exercise for two years all of a sudden going, I'm on a health kick and going out and trying to run 10Ks a day, always in conjunction with your healthcare professional team. Um, but sure. y- you just touched on the fact that you spoke um, at Diabetes Expo earlier this year and, and in sort of the introduction, I, I spoke that or stated that you've done a lot of speaking at different events and functions and, and these kinds of things. So- in conjunction with that, um, there are certainly ways that Diabetes Victoria can help people in terms of their education around their food choices. So I guess it's probably a good chance to talk about them and, and what kind of programs there are, education-type programs that 
a run by Diabetes Victoria that can certainly, um, you know, giving people a, a greater understanding of their food choices and all these kinds of things. So as this is your domain, yeah. I'll let you take it away. <laughs> yeah, well, I guess um, this time of year we're trying to wind up a few things, I guess, leading up to the end of the year. But uh, next year, um, in 2020, we're, we're actually increasing the amount of programs that we do run for, for people living with diabetes. Um, so I'm guessing, you know, in regards to this podcast, it could be a fantastic uh, New Year's resolution to maybe think about joining up to one of our programs that we're running. We're, um, we're in the process of broadening, I guess, our reach across the state of Victoria. So running a lot more rural and, and sort of regional programs as well. So, I mean, we've got, we've got a number of programs out there and, and they, they range for, for people depending on what type of diabetes you have. But if you're um, living with type 1 diabetes and an adult, um, we've got the Daphne program. So Ozdafne, um, well, the Daphne element stands for dose adjustment for normal eating. So people on multiple daily injections can come to that program. It is a five-day very intensive self-management program. It's one of those programs that people ask me all the time, um, why do you need to come for five days? Um, and it's quite hard to explain, but when people do come to that program, they don't want to leave after the fifth day because they've enjoyed it so much. Um, but it is around about uh, a lot of carbohydrate counting elements to it, a lot of weighing and measuring of your carbohydrates, just sort of brushing up the skills or sharpen the skills of your carb counting. Um, and then uh, adjusting your insulin doses depending on what you're eating as well and, and el- other elements to exercise when you're unwell, things like that. If you didn't want to come for the full five days, we've got a just a carbohydrate counting program and it goes for a little bit over half a day. Uh, it's, I think we start about 9, 9.30 and finish around 2 o'clock. Um, and that is a lot of weighing, measuring foods, reading food labels, carb, you know, that, that's for people with type 1 diabetes that wants to, they want to um, brush it up on their carb counting. I guess with type 2, we've got our Desmond program. So Desmond uh, is an acronym in the health world. We love our acronyms. Um, Desmond stands for Diabetes Education and Self-Management for Ongoing and Newly Diagnosed. So we get people that come to the Desmond program who have been diagnosed with type 2 diabetes for only a handful of weeks, or we get people that have had type 2 for 30 plus years. Um, And it's a great program. It is a full day. We touch on a lot of different topics, I guess, to do with living with diabetes. So we talk about, uh, the first part is we talk about your story and we find that in that everyone has a different story, which I think is fantastic. A lot of people get diagnosed through different ways, um, whether they've got a strong family history or not, there's different factors to it. We touch on what happens in the body with diabetes. We look at the food elements, so carbohydrates and fats that are involved, um, exercise. We talk about lots of different elements to it. So it's a really good, um, I guess, initial understanding, learning program for people. And at the very end, we have a self-management section or a goal setting section where what you've learned today, you can then come up with a goal and you can leave the the day with a plan of attack, I guess, for, for managing your diabetes. We've also got the SMART series, I guess, and they're, they're kind of like little spin-offs of the Desmond program. So they go for either two or three hours. So they're a lot more, uh, people I think a lot more um, excited to come to these because they are only, you know, you can get take half a day off work or whatever and it's a, it's a small program. Um, so we've got about four or five versions of those. Um, Carb Smart is the most common one. That's three hours talking about carbohydrates, um, you know, trying to get a bit of an understanding of, I guess, what carbohydrate foods are, how much um, are in some of the food, you know, in common foods you eat um, and getting a bit of a range, I guess, of how much carbohydrate you should be eating per day for, for who you are. 
Um, then we've got other ones like MedSmart, which is around medications and type 2 diabetes, um, MonitorSmart, um, around monitoring your blood glucose levels with type 2 diabetes, and we've got FootSmart as well, which is um, around sort of your the, the care, I guess, for your feet. And that one is actually appropriate for um, people with both type 1 and type 2 diabetes to come to. Um, we've also got a Ready, Set, Go program, and that's just a three-hour program about breaking down some of the barriers to exercise and, and being physically active, um, and a Living with Insulin program as well, which is another three-hour program um, on um, living with insulin and what you might need to know. So so for all these, obviously, you're able to find these on the Diabetes Victoria website or, or call up, I'm sure. Is there a number to call up at the NDSS hotline, maybe? Yeah, the NDSS the NDSS hotline, the 1300 uh phone number is probably the best one to call. Um, Otherwise, have a look on the website and we've got the events tab um, on our website and you click on that and then it'll come up with like a whole big calendar of what's coming up. Um, something else I forgot to mention was the supermarket tours as well. And they're not just for people with diabetes. They can be for anyone that can come to those. So um, they're a little good uh, two-hour session with a dietitian in your area, suburb, town, wherever you might be living. Um, it's a great way to link in with a dietitian as well. Um, but it's also a good way to get uh, a little bit of understanding on reading food labels and, and going down the different sections of the supermarket and seeing what foods you should be choosing. Absolutely, because yep. you know, as we've discussed many a time, diabetes isn't just just specifically the person who's living with it. There are the family members, partners, friends, employers, employees, etc. Who yep. you know, again, the further we can create a, a greater understanding, the easier it makes life for everyone. And I think personally, on my personal journey, I'm probably lucky that. Um, I always say that I was lucky that having been diagnosed whilst playing AFL, you know, the, the things of how to, um, you know, effectively live with diabetes in terms of eat well, exercise often, have a good routine, well, they're exactly what I was doing as an AFL player. So um, I probably had a really solid understanding of, of nutrition and, and diet and stuff. And that's probably a segue to my last sort of topic that I want to discuss with you before we finish up that – you are also at the Western Bulldogs and you're a sports dietitian, uh, Footscray Bulldogs and the VFL. So I thought I would just quickly touch on the similarities between the work you do with Diabetes Victoria and, and the elite athletes and also the big differences between the two. Um, before I let you jump in, I, I mean, I can think of um, many, many areas that there are some similarities and even though they're not specifically the same, I can look at um, – you know, having my HbA1c tested and, and looking at, you know, how my diabetes control has been over the last X period of time, very similar to me if you're going to get your skin folds done, having mm. just been back from pre-season. It's all around how well have you been eating? Have you been exercising well? There's always a bit of nervousness, probably a little bit of stress and anxiety that comes with it. Um, that's one of many parallels that I can draw. So I just sort of let you talk a bit about, I suppose, your role there and, and how it sort of relates and, and how it might be a bit different. Yeah, for sure. I think it's you're exactly right. Um, and I think the, the area of sports nutrition or as being a sports dietitian, it is really kind of similar to, to working as a dietitian in, you know, with diabetes management. Um, I, I it's funny that you say about being nervous and, and that going to get your skin folds done. Um, I found that with the football players is that you'd get a select group of them that are actually really anxious and nervous about it, even though they've been doing some fantastic work. It's just that I guess it's the element of the the, the body image side of things that um, a lot of people have as well. So you need to be mindful about that. Um, you don't want to be bashing down the door. I think the old school mentality in coaching society was you had to be X number, you know, in your skin folds and you were, otherwise you're never playing. Um, but everyone's different. Everyone's body shape's different as well. So that's a key thing to be mindful of. Similarities, I guess. 
I think we're all human and we all eat food and everyone's different. And I think that's one thing I found with the football club was that we had, uh, you know, some some players that um, had various religious beliefs, um, you know, and would have a fasting element to their to their uh, their lifestyle, um, and and so trying to sort of come up with an approach that will work for them um, can be quite tricky because of the strong religious element to it, but also trying to find the right foods to eat. Um, I think it's yeah, it's one of those ones. It's um, it's a tricky one to answer, but I find the more people we see. Um, then the more understanding you get that everyone is different and you just got to take that individual approach for people. Um, I think it's the food element is actually a lot more similar than what people would think it would be. Um, I would always get friends and family come up to me and say, what type of supplements are all the football players taking? Like, you know, knowing that they want to take them. Like, to be honest, we don't really promote them. We have them for those that need them, um, but they're not the first port of call. The supplements aren't going to work unless they get their base nutrition right first. Um, so that's the big key is getting back to those basics and focusing on your vegetable intake as the first point because if you don't get enough veggies in your life, you're going to get sick and if you're an athlete, you can't train and then all of that good hard work you've done just disappears and then you've got to start from scratch again. Um, eating you know, the right amount of protein for you, same for everyone else is the same for athletes and then having the right amount of carbohydrates to match what you need for your exercise level. If you're training on a really hard day, you'll need to eat more carbohydrate for more energy. If you're not training that day, then you probably need to eat a little bit less. And that is a key message I think for everyone, whether you have diabetes or not, whether you're an athlete or not, it's all about finding the right balance for you. And you've summed that up so well in terms of the one thing I try and get across to almost everyone I talk to, and particularly kids, but but anyone who feels, oh, I've got diabetes, I'm a bit different, or they mm. feel a bit like an outcast. But so many of those challenges that athletes, um, you know, you, the people you put on a pedestal, the AFL players or whatever other sport it may be, they're regularly eat, looking at what they're eating. They're regularly almost a bit anxious about it. They're regularly having these challenges around festive period about needing discipline of only being able to eat X and drink X why and being picky and choosy about what they're doing. So once again, it's just another, um, I suppose, element of diabetes. It's so related to everyone else that I think sometimes a lot of people that we meet who do have diabetes just feel like they're going through it alone. And that's the one thing and such key about this podcast is that you're not. And there are so many other people that are going through exactly what you are. Um, You just might not see it. And from an external point of view, you maybe don't see that either because, you know, everything grows you from the outside, particularly with social media these days. You generally see the good parts of people's lives, mm. not the struggles of all these kinds of things. So we've just about run out of time. So I guess I'll, I'll leave it with you to finish up for us in terms of one takeaway message. There's obviously been a lot that we've covered. So if there's one takeaway message that you give people um, to finish from this podcast and go, okay, this is a really good plan, I suppose, for the upcoming festive period, what would that be? Yeah, I guess I'd say be kind to yourself and enjoy this time of year. Um, you know, it does only come around once a year, so so embrace it and have fun. Um, but be mindful of how much – how many events, I guess, you have on. If it's one day, enjoy that, let your head down, have some good fun. Um, if it is, you know, if you've got quite a busy, hectic schedule coming up, then maybe be a little bit more, uh, I guess, setting a plan of attack Um you know, prioritizing certain events and having fun at those and maybe reducing your alcohol intake and your food intake and a few other ones, depending on what the event is. But I think just, you know, uh, let your hair down, have fun, but have a bit of a plan of attack. I think in my key 
Keep oh, take home messages. <laughs> I like it, mate. I like it a lot. Just again to follow up, you've got the Diabetes Victoria website for all those programs and education-based sessions that we spoke about. Yep. You've also got the NDSS hotline. So once again, another resource for you to use, Tim. I really appreciate you coming on. We could talk for hours, I'm sure, and I, sure. I know you'd probably like to as well. But uh, once again, thank you for coming on and, and hopefully uh, our listeners have got plenty out of it. Yeah, thanks, Jack. Thanks for having me. This has been great. Thanks for listening. Hope you enjoyed the program. If you'd like to contact us, it's very easy. Simply send an email to podcast at diabetesvic.org.au. Or, of course, all the information you'll need is on the website, diabetesvic.org.au.